Wildcats to the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Tonight, I'm your host, a man who has only won a fight with his siblings once, and that time I got both my brothers in a headlock, and I'll never let them forget it, Sean Lewis. On the show today, a man who has punished for an entire year for fighting with the siblings, Dustin Chapman. Yep, that's right. Sisters, I only have sisters, so we, we got in a fight, got the Nintendo taken away. It was put right in the hallway between all of our rooms, and it sat there for an entire year. My, my, my dad knows how to send a message. An entire year. That, was, that must have been insufferable. Entire All right. Year. On tonight's show, we're going to recap the week that was against the Aggies and the Cougars. We're going to play a game called Buy or Sell. Um, and we're just going to chat chat, and just uh, find out where this team is at um, mentally and and what, what the conference season will look like moving forward. Um, but first, subscribe, follow everything. Meet us on Twitter, on the Instagram. We have a Patreon, um, and uh, of course, uh, tell all your friends to follow and like and listen to the podcast as we uh, talk about the Weber State Wildcats on a weekly basis. So let's start off tonight, Chappie, with uh, just your overall thoughts of the past weekend and the games against uh, Utah State and BYU. <laughs> well, it was fun. It was fun to see a lot of people out at the D Event Center. Um, but uh, obviously not the results you wanted. I I felt better about the, it's funny. I felt better about the BYU game at the end of the game than I did the Utah state game. The Utah state game to me just felt like we were not in it. <laughs> like we got down early. There's a lot of truth to that. We, we got down early and it just, it felt like the whole night we were down by 15 and that, that was just what it was. BYU. Uh, we were up early. Um, we came back and tied it, you know, what, two thirds, a third away through the second half before things kind of, yep. kind of got away. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, I felt better about the BYU game, but it, we, we lost by a bigger margin than we did the Utah state game, which just felt like it was out of reach. But a lot of that margin was off. garbage time in the second half. I mean, they, they were within 10 for pretty much most of the game. Um, and really, when, when you had that chance to tie it or when they did tie it the second half, you felt like momentum was swinging. And, and then BYU goes on an 8-0 run immediately following that that, that killed that momentum. And, they, and then they... Uh, uh, expanded the lead after that. So I, I agree with you that, that I kind of felt better. I thought the team played with a little bit more fire and a little bit more uh, attention and detail against the Cougs. Um, but I think we, it's easy to say for all the fans that we were disappointed. This, these two losses and, and adding the loss to Washington state a week ago um, adds just takes the shine off that eight Oh run to start the season. And and we played some tough teams during that, that uh, eight Oh run, but gosh, the, these three losses just make you feel like we're starting all over with, with the team thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew coming out when they started eight, no, and going into Washington state, you know, we were all saying here on the show that it was going to be, we were going to figure out how good they really were. And I mean, we did, <laughs> we've, we found out we have one more chance to find out how good they are. I mean, they're, they're tough stretch of games, uh, not counting our friends from Maine, Fort Kent, 
excluding them. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the tough stretch the of little games. sisters of the poor. Right. The, the non NAIA. Have you, the, yeah, the, the U.S. Oh, says, we, we, we've, made, we've milked that one enough. <laughs> Lovely, though. It's my favorite. Anyway. <laughs> and, and, okay, never mind. It's a kid from Waiting Christian doing it in Maine. Anyway, get that family on the show. But, you know, going from Washington State to Utah State to BYU and to Fresno State, that is the part of the schedule. I mean, and after Fresno State, we go into conference play with the infamous Montana roadie to start. So that's correct. Yeah, now, so we, we we had to figure out how good they were, and we're figuring it out. We still have one more chance to to, to answer how good we are. To be fair, the Wildcats are two and zero in conference play uh, with with the wins against uh, Northern Arizona and uh, Sacramento State, right? Or no, Portland State. Um, earlier in December. Um, but let's talk about, let's start with the Utah state game a little bit. Um, I think a lot of fans thought the sky was falling. We spotted the Aggies, uh, a 10 0 run. They ended up shooting 15 from 30 or 50% from three point land. Do you count that to just the ball going in the hoop for the Aggies and not going in the hoop for the, the wildcats? Or is there something that the wildcats need to do? <laughs> Well, you know, Pardon me. <laughs> it's all good. It, it's interesting because BYU shot pretty lights out too. Uh, and, and the, the hallmark of this Weaver state team to date has been the defense. Perimeter three point def- defense, right. always yeah. one of the top teams in the country. In them. Yes. And, and I even, you know, my father-in-law was at the game with me on Saturday night and I was singling out many, many possessions late in the first half and into the second half where I look at them like we were still playing great defense right now. And they were like, they were, they were playing really good defense. Um, for, they just, they, they kept BYU and Utah state both kept finding open guys that kept hitting threes and Weber state did not hit the threes. <laughs> and that's a, that's a separate topic that I'm sure we'll get into, but that's, that's exactly what happened. There's hints of uh, Jim Boylan there. The ball didn't go in the hoop. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, here's my takeaway from both games. And I, I don't know that this is accurate. I don't know that I can quantify with this with stats, but it sure felt like in both games, the Wildcat defense was pretty strong for the first 30 seconds, right? And and they were getting guys late in the shot clock, uh, yes. crazy shots that just seemed to go in. Uh, we had uh, the Ashworth kid from Utah State. Stephen Ashworth. Uh, Stephen Ashworth high. shot 7-11. He was averaging 6.6 points a game coming in against the Wildcats and ended up with, I think he had 26 Um Yep, in that game. So, um, and a lot of those shots were just crazy shots that just magically found the basket. The other thing that came in is is second chance opportunities. Um, in both games, for me, this was something that it was a a you would we'd get the initial defense, the ball would go up, and then the whether it was the Cougs or the Ags, they'd they'd get a a rebound. And they'd have a second chance to put the ball in the hoop and they'd get two points off of that. There's so many times that that we had the initial stop, but then couldn't get the rebound. So does this go back to rebounding as an issue for the Wildcats? We've talked about this before. Uh, Coach Ray has mentioned that he wants rebounding by committee. Uh, Is is the rebounding an issue? And I think if we look at both games, we were out rebounded pretty soundly by both of these teams. The the rebounding thing is interesting to me. In fact, the the play of our bigs is interesting to me. It's something that I don't 
I don't understand what they're trying to do. Is is Coach Ray playing small to match to try to to try to out speed guys? I mean BYU w- w- is always in Utah State. They're they're going to outsize Weber State almost always, right? They they just they have more bigger guys. But I don't necessarily feel like that's the case right now today with the roster that we have. But something is going on with our with our center play. I mean, the last game, you know, it's like we've had a different center start every night for the last two weeks. Okay. It's Cody Carlson. I, I, was I think we have. Yeah. It's been, it's been Michael Kozak started against Utah state. Like it's been a different starter and, and going into the season and last season, we felt like we had a lot of big men, which we do, but they're not playing, right? Like Cody Carlson hasn't seen, I don't think he saw any time against BYU and he saw maybe extremely limited action against Utah State. Um, so something's, something's going on there that I'm not overly, I, I, don't, I don't understand enough to know if Coach Ray's trying to play small and do it or whatever. But I mean, that's the reason we're getting out rebounded. I mean, um, Dylan Jones cannot rebound, you know, he can, he can Paul Millsap the heck out of it and, and, and out rebound a lot of guys, but you still have to have a center in there against those types of teams in the, in big sky play. I don't know that it's that big of an issue because big sky centers are not as athletic as mountain BYU and, and Utah state centers, but yeah, it's been a problem to this point. Well, uh, let, let's just put some facts behind this. Dylan Jones had 11 rebounds in each game, uh, by far the leader on the team in both contests. Um, but to your point about minutes, um, I'm going to look at at the bigs. We have KJ Cunningham that, that played 13 minutes against BYU. Dante Bassett played six. Kozak played four. Uh, Dyson Kohler played 24 minutes against BYU. Dyson Kohler, uh, who's, who's getting a lot of the minutes. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call KJ Cunningham. Is KJ Cunningham, was he a power four? I would not. He is, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not the big, right? He does not play. He's not a big. So like D- Dyson, um, Dyson got 24 uh, against Utah state. Uh, KJ Cunningham again, 18 there. Um, Kozak with six and Dante Bassett with four. I found it very interesting. Coach Ray's substitution pattern. And I think it's very clear that the Wildcats are still feeling out who their team is and, and, and what they're doing and, and, and who's going to get the minutes. But I found it interesting that Dante Bassett gets his first minutes against Utah state plays late in the second half, gets put in very, very early in the first half against BYU seems to have some influence on the game, but then never sees the court again. And, and to me, that's more interesting because I would have thought that we would have saw him against a main Fort Kent or something where, where we played some minutes to get in. I mean, this guy was, was heavy in the rotation last year and now he's just gone. Um, yeah, and, and, and we've been told he's got some injury issues and that they'll come in. At least that's what the rumors been, but yeah, I mean, look at, look at minutes from look at minutes against BYU and compare that to, to, to Utah state. Dylan Jones had 34 minutes that we go down. Alex too, who started had 16 minutes, uh, Dyson Kohler has 24 minutes. Dante has six. Michael has four. And that's it. And, uh, and where's Cody Carlson? Cody Carlson uh, had, uh, he has zero minutes against BYU and uh, zero minutes against Utah State. Well, and it, does that mean he's in Randy's Rage's doghouse? Is there an injury that we don't know about? What, what, are, we, what are we seeing there? Uh, you know, we've got this depth of bigs. 
on the roster, but what again, we don't have an identity of who, who the, who the alpha dog in the, in the center is. Well, and, and, and from all the ones that we've had, I mean, Dyson Kohler is the one that's, that's getting all the minutes, you know, a, a freshman and, None of us saw that coming from, from our big man play coming into the season. And and that's not to say that Dyson's not playing good. Like he, he, He's playing his, great. his stroke from three against BYU kept us in the game. He was, you know, they mm-hmm. both teams, and this is a little bit more on the analysis side, both teams knew that they had to neutralize Sigu and not let him get open threes. They did that. And then Weber had to have somebody else making threes and they weren't. <laughs> Uh, Dyson was, he, he, he was making some threes, but uh, overall, once they locked down Sigu, we didn't make a ton more threes at, at, after that. And and I'd like to, to talk about this. I mean, let, let's get, we had two teams that shot 60%. And, and if I recall, Washington state also shot higher than 60% against us from three point land. Is that a problem for the Wildcats? Well, I know we've already kind of mentioned yeah. this, but but man, yes. that, it's tough to see all these threes go go down. It, it is, and 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 but like you said, the thing that's weird about it is, it, for whatever reason, the teams are finding the open guy right near the end of the shot clock. I mean, how many times did BYU pass to the kid in the corner, <laughs> you know, and yeah. get the corner three off? How many times did Utah State find Ashworth open somehow, and it was there, and and so they're good on defense, but not for the entire shot clock. Uh, and then, and then flip it around. And we were just part of, part of me wants to give them a, a pass and say, Hey, look, cause we've seen them hit threes. Like we've seen them shoot extremely well from three and win games there. But so part of me wants to give them a pass and say, yeah, we weren't hitting threes because these are lankier people. They, they weren't getting their shot, but uh, yeah. Is that, is that really what it is? I don't know. So uh, against the Aggies, the Wildcats had success driving to the rim against the Cougars. Uh, they pretty much lived in the mid range, put up 71 points from, from inside the arc. Um, does, if the defense can improve, I mean, I, I guess here's the final question on, on both of these games for me, Chappie, where does the team stand in your opinion? Going into this stretch of games, we thought if we we played well and we kept it close, you'd say you were top three in the big sky. If we didn't do well and they haven't, uh, getting blown out in, in all three of these essentially, uh, what are we middle of the road big sky? Where where do you see this team moving into conference season after the the tilt against Fresno on Thursday? I actually think the tilt against Fresno on Thursday is going to tell us a lot because you know Utah State's been a tournament team past couple past couple of years. I mean, you know, playing a more middle of the road mountain West team to me should tell us where we're at. I mean, I, I thought we would also find out where we were against Washington state. Uh, a lot of people like to cite that you beat Washington state, but and we got crushed. You or Washington state was down three of their best players that night. So yep. it, it score comparison does not, it just does not work in that case. I still feel good about the team. Um, I feel like, I feel like a couple things. I feel like Randy Ray's teams always take a little while to come together. Um, early season, early season always has some struggles. There's always, it's always like, there's some guys that are going to get in the doghouse and get out and going to learn some, 
some life and basketball lessons and then get them applied before conference season starts. And we're getting right about there. Um, so I feel like they always are off to a little bit slower of a start. Uh, so I don't, I'm not down on them. I don't think that we're, I still think that we are top part of the big sky. Um, I don't I, I hate to, I hate to push and defer, but I, I think that we're going to find out a lot this week against Fresno state. I think we're going to find out a lot the next week against Montana and Montana state. That's, that's going to tell us how good we are. In my opinion. I, I think you're exactly right. And let me, let me add one other thing Ed, to, to your point, Randy Ray is still uh, making changes to the roster. The, the center position obviously is not defined. Um, but this is not the time you want the team to be peaking. And and yes, it sucks that we've got, had uh, uh, we've lost three out of the last four, but the fact remains that um, the, where this team needs to make its mark is in March in three days in Boise. So uh, I'm sorry. Um, but three days in Boise in March is where this team needs to shine and we need to be peaking later in the season, not peaking. I am disappointed. I did not like hearing let's go Cougars chance, uh, drown out the fans in the, in the D event center, but I, it was great having 9,000 fans in the purple palace. Again, that was a great atmosphere. Um, lots of things that, that could have been better for that winning prime prime among them. But, uh, I, I really think that, that this was a, uh, these are good tests, but, the real fact of the matter is our season started two weeks ago, was paused, and is going to start again on New Year's Eve. And and that's against the the Grizzlies and the Bobcats on that dreaded road trip. Um, I, I like that we get that road trip out of the way early. Um, yeah, it's usually pretty, teams, feels like it's usually pretty late in the season. So I... Yeah, it feels like yeah. we're usually playing Montana, Montana State to, to close out the season, and usually it's there, so... Yeah. So I'm, I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not going to make judgments on this team, but I, I think they've got some room to grow and, and we'll, we'll go from that. So well, let's well, one thing, to go say, ahead, uh, one last thing that to me, and I guess the, the, to me, one of the frustrating things is that, and again, I know Randy's still playing with the lineup, so we got to figure it out. But what we've said for years here is that it's, it, Weber State's kryptonite is not not hitting threes, right? It's it's always going to be that game in the Big Sky Tournament where, you know, we've been shooting lights out and then we run up against Montana or somebody in the quarter of the semifinals and we go cold and we don't know what to do, right? We don't yep. know how to how to transition or what else to do on offense besides shoot threes. And I I in theory, I would think that that would be different this year. It should be different this year. We should be able to take the ball inside. We should be able to do things if the three isn't, isn't, isn't going down, but the last two games, especially kind of proved that wrong so far. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I hope it's not the case all season because I feel like that's going to result in us getting to a big sky championship game and then not being able to hit threes and being done. But there were, for whatever reason, we are not able to change our offense if the three's not going. Ideally, 
if the three is not going, we should be working it down low and playing a, an inside out game or, or an inside game and letting the big score or even having Kobe or having Dylan Jones, they both try or JJ Overton. They all three tried to drive to the lane quite a bit, but it was, I hate to say it, but it felt like kind of the, the Jarek Harding hero ball that we saw two or three years ago that we, yeah, that we all despised. That did not win us enough games. Um, so if there's an improvement to me, it's it's that. We we have to figure out how to score if the threes aren't falling, because there are going to be nights when the threes aren't falling. No Could I add one more thing to that? Um Utah State, top top half of the Mountain West, if not top third of the Mountain West standings. Yes. BYU, a top 25 team coming into the Purple Palace. Yes. Um, those are the two toughest teams we will face the remainder of the season. And yeah, the losses hurt and it's not what we wanted, but we're not going to see teams like that in January and February in the big sky. I think this team is built to be, be to win the big sky. And I think these losses help us get to that eventual destination. Um, but I, I think we're going to see some success in the big sky and the wins will keep coming. We will get back to winning. It may not be Thursday. It may not be next weekend, but we still get to play Northern Arizona and Idaho state and Southern Utah games that we should win. Yeah. We're going to win a lot of conference games. I don't, I don't have a doubt there. Um, one final thing, a thought for me, you already had your final thought, Chad. My, you not, said that my, last time. That was my final thought on the games. Now it's my final thought on preseason. I don't know. Um, I, sh- I sure enjoy the, the in-state games. Utah has, we have a very unique thing here with so many Division One schools. The in-state games are so much fun. I they it, it, it makes it a good preseason round-robin type tournament uh, if the schools play each other more. And I, I certainly wish... Especially, you know, when SUU becomes that after this season, I they are fun. We need we need to do more of that. We should have UVU on the schedule this year. Uh, we should have Utah on the schedule every year. I know that's their choice. Whatever, screw them. <laughs> but um, the in-state game, Utah has a very a very very unique thing here with the number of Division One in-state teams, and it it it, it is sure a lot more fun playing those games against your brothers and sisters than it is against UTEP and North Texas, right? Some Somewhere in Dave Rose's basement is an old ochre bucket that needs to be uh, restored to its rightful place and home, which is not Steve, Dave Rose's basement. Moving on. If we can talk Utah into pulling their heads out, I think that may happen one day, but who knows? Who knows? All right, let's transition into uh, uh, buy or sell. Um, we're going to present a couple of options to to Chappie and myself, and we're going to see where we're at. So um, let's let's take this one by one, Chappie. Buy or sell? The Wildcats will write the ship and beat Fresno on Thursday afternoon. Uh, I'm buying there. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a good week of practice, <laughs> and everything they have learned from the past two weeks is hopefully going to pay off against, against Fresno state. Who's they're not a, I wouldn't call them a, they're, they're a Mountain West opponent, but I wouldn't call them an overly good Mountain West opponent. 
Fair enough. I, I'm buying that one too. Um, the holidays, the this is this is going one of two ways. You're you're going to have a distracted Fresno State State team come in that just wants to get out of Ogden as soon as they can and get to Christmas. Same thing can happen with the Wildcats. I think the Wildcats, with their experience last week, will come in more focused. Um, and I like I like the Wildcats against. Uh, the Bulldogs on Thursday afternoon, four o'clock tip at the Purple Palace. Uh, buy or sell, Chappie. The three point shooting troubles for the Wildcats are just a blip on the radar against two really good defensive teams. I don't know that I would call it a blip. It's a thing. <laughs> what's what's more than a blip? Uh, a, a Cessna, like it's it's a little plane. Like it's, <laughs> it's not a seven forty seven. It's 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 not a UFO, but it gets more than a blip. Like. It's a thing and it's been a thing for a while. Like we have to figure out how to score if we aren't hitting threes. But I, again, I going back to what I said, I, I do give them some benefit of the doubt of just having longer, longer guys on the court, better defensive players, better athletes. It, it, it clearly affected it. So I would call it more than a blip, not, not, it's not taking the whole radar screen up. Okay. Um, I'm selling this. I I think the troubles are more ingrained than than just a blip. I I just think we don't have the quality three point shooters that we've had in past years. Um, we don't have that dead eye guy that that is just knocked down from three every time. So I think that it is more than just a blip. Um, and I think to your point, Randy Ray needs to and the coaches need to get into the office and and see what we can do to find. Uh, different different styles of offense that can help the Wildcats uh, get together on uh, uh, in in finding more shots. Maybe that's the mid range game. The problem is is that the three point is the the shot du jour in all of college basketball and even in the NBA. And you can't trade twos for threes. So you've got to find a way to to get a balance there uh, and improve the perimeter defense. Get back to the lockdown uh, perimeter defense the Wildcats are known for. On that note, here's a weird transition and a weird stat. The Wildcats are currently the best shooting team in the big sky. Buy or sell, Chappie, that they will hold that title uh, when the conference tournament comes around in March. Yeah, I'm buying that as well. Um, the, the, our shooting is what we thought they were early in the season is what I believe they will be in conference play. It's Ooh, a Denny Green reference. I like it. That's right. They are who we thought they were, but they're, they're going to the whole thing that we touted the first you know month of the season was if, you know, if, if Kobe McCune's not on, Sigu's going to be on. If Sigu's not on, DJ's going to be on, you know, there's too many guys that can score in there for, for them to not win games. And I still, I still firmly believe that. So I do think that they are going to continue to be a good shooting team and, and, and the best shooting team in the big sky. We've, we've always, we've always got better athletes than anybody else in the conference. I, I tend to agree with that. And, and I apologize that I don't have the standings uh, producer uh, uh, Colby put this list together for, us, so I don't have the standings right in front of us. Um, I think they can hold that title. I'll, I'll buy it. Um, but I, I want to see how we do the rest of the season because, because shooting can be fickle sometimes. So, but I think this is a good shooting team. I just don't think we're as strong shooting from three point land as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. All right. Finally, Chappie, the Wildcats are second to last in the conference in assists. That will improve as the season goes on by or so. Ooh. 
you know, I'm going to sell this and I don't know that it's a negative, but what Weber has done is have Sigu take the ball down the court and we've actually had Dylan Jones taking the ball up the court a lot yeah. or Kobe McCune. And mm-hmm. all those guys seem to like to score. So I, 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 I don't know that we are when, when, when the, the guy that brings the ball up the court is the one that's your leading scorer most nights. And that, that, that leads to less assists. So I, I guess I'm, I'm selling this one. So you think they will finish lower uh, than second to last uh, or second to last or lower that that's your take is that they will continue to be at the bottom of the table in assists. Yes. Okay. I'm buying that they will improve because I believe Randy Ray will, will force them to improve and that they will have a couple of games where um, we don't play hero ball and we don't, uh, when we share the ball more, the best teams in basketball right now, it's all about working the ball around the perimeter to find that open shot. Um, we've seen that on occasion from this wildcat team, but when they got down and in, in both of these last three, uh, three of the last four games, I, I think they, they get that mentality where they've got to get it all back and, and they can't get it all back. Uh, it, it's basically every man for themselves at that point. So I think they will improve but I don't think they get to the top of the conference. I, I think we're middle of the road in assists because that's where it is. But I think as the season goes on, we will improve from second to last in assists in the big sky. Well, both both Utah State and BYU put Weber in a position where they had to be making threes and they had to take threes and they just weren't falling. Yep. Uh, credit to credit to the guys against BYU. They did not start slow. No, that that is an improvement. They did not start slow. They were. They were up and in the game, you know, first 10 minutes, they, they led most of the way. Um, so that's an improvement, but both of those teams managed to get Weber in a spot where they had to hit threes on a night where they just weren't going. All right. Well, that's our recap of, of the week that was, let's talk about the week coming up. We've got three games or one more game or one game this week before the Christmas holiday. It's a Fresno state coming into the purple palace. As we mentioned, four o'clock tip time on ESPN plus and four o'clock tip time. That is that's phenomenal. A, that's a fun, that is a fun a, one there. That's a get, get your hoops in and then go home and eat dinner with the family on Christmas Eve Eve is what that is. What, what, what do we call uh, that? The, the, is that? That's not technically a businessman special, but I mean, it may as well be, right? I, I think it's in matinee pricing. I, I think we can like easily that. call that a matinee, a matinee at the palace. So that's, like the, that. that's, the, that's the skip your last meeting at work and take in the matinee price. That That is exactly well, what that is. Unless, you, unless you're me and, and because of the Christmas holidays, we get two days off this year because Christmas being on a Saturday. Um, what? Lucky we get, lucky the, we get one day off what is the what government employees yeah well, yeah 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 stop all right <laughs> after the christmas break uh, as we mentioned earlier we have the dreaded montana road trip starting in uh bozeman against the montana state bobcats 7 p.m uh on uh i don't have what day that is thursday I, it's, thursday, the it's thursday thursday the 30th and then montana 7 p.m uh on january 1 um, I like most people I'll be watching that instead of bowl games, but I, I understand if there's uh, football to be watched on January 1st, that, that would take you away from that one. But uh, uh, the, the trip to Montana state and then to Montana, both games, seven o'clock uh, on the week following Christmas. And those will be on ESPN plus and one Oh three, one, the wave friends. Thank you so much for joining us for our recap of the men's hoops week. That was, um, again, you can find us at Weaver state weekly at gmail.com. If you have any comments, want to 
contribute to the show, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weber State Weekly at Weber State Weekly on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. And of course, the eternal home of Weber State Weekly, weberstateweekly.com. With that, uh, thanks to producer Colby for getting the show ready for us and and uh, hope everybody has a, a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, however you're celebrating Wildcat fans. Um, let's hope that the team brings us home a victory so we can have a good taste in our mouth before we celebrate this weekend. And uh, we'll end the show as we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. See, we didn't even screw it up. See, because there's only two of us, so we could. There's only two of us. Yeah, yeah. So it works. This is, this is excellent. <laughs>